Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. All right. Y'all good out there? Everybody doing all right? Glad you came into church. Turn to someone and just give them a high five because I feel like that's right. Feels right. Feels right right now. I would go chest bump, kind of inappropriate in church, so I'll just, we'll just stick with a high five. <clears throat> now, I'm really excited that you're here today. Raise your hand if you're in college. Look at you. You're all back, looking good, ready to go to school. Have y'all started school yet? Yes? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But at least you're at church today, right? Uh, we're glad to have everyone here today. I'm um, just excited for really what God is doing and Gosh, what he did in worship and uh, what he's going to continue to do in the message is going to be, it's going to be really, really good. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith, and I'm the campus pastor here. And we're just really, really glad to, to get to be with you. If you have your Bible, open up to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to dive right in. <clears throat> uh, I, have a, I have a sense, I had a sense this morning that the enemy was not very happy about the message that I wanted to preach today which actually made me a little giddy on the inside. I'm not going to lie. It kind of made me happy. kind of feels good to make him mad. You know what I mean? And I don't have to be afraid of him because I, I win over him. Come on, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He can get mad all he wants, all right? But he's not going to stop me. He's not going to stop us. First Peter chapter 5. I want to read this portion of Scripture just to give us some context. But I'm, what I'm going to do is actually just pull one verse out and talk around that today. But let's, let's jump in. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 through 11 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Notice, notice that right there. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now, before I continue in this verse, just to give you a little bit of the cultural background here, um, the, the recipients of this letter were going through quite a bit of persecution as the, they, they were the first church, and they were going through quite a bit of persecution from the world and from the people around them. They, um, they weren't dealing with what other, other Christians were doing in different cities when they, they were actually dealing with per persecution all the way to death. However, they were dealing with things like uh, the, 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 the people in, in the cities they were coming in, they would steal their goods. They would come in and raid their homes. They were denied bank loans. Uh, they were uh, rumors and innuendos were flying around about the Christians. Why? Because here the world was, everyone else in the town was hanging out. They were doing the things they had always done, having feasts, worshiping idols. And all of a sudden there was this, there was people of the way. There was people that were following Jesus who had given their life to Jesus and they stopped hanging out at the feast. They stopped worshiping the idols and they started having their own little, what, what everyone saw as a secret meetings. And they were, the world actually began to look at Christians. They, they began to call them haters of humanity. Because they weren't participating in doing all the things that the world were doing, they actually began to see them as, oh, they thought they actually hated people. 
They were even accusing them of sacrificing children at their meetings. I mean, I'm talking about crazy rumors and stuff. This is what the, the, the church was going through at the time. This is the type of persecution they were going through. And here Peter says, cast all of your cares upon God for he cares about you. And he lets them in on the fact that, hey, the devil's prowling around. The enemy has an agenda. However, look what he says in verse 10. He says, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. So here he was, he was encouraging these people who were going through some stuff. Verse 11 says, to him be the power forever and ever, amen. Kind of the verse I want us to focus on today is in 1 Peter 5, verse 7. And it says, cast all your anxiety. Come on, say cast. Say all. It says to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I want to title the message today, Worry War. Worry War. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we invite you into this space. We invite you into this time. We thank you that your word is alive and powerful, that it's living and moving. And we, um, we have a soul and a spirit and a, and a body that is open to transformation today, to renewal today. Yeah, Lord, we, we just, uh, we, we lay aside all the worries. We lay aside any offense. We lay aside all the things we're going through. And we just put our focus on you. Our focus is on you today. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak, to lead and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. 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 I'm going to go out on a limb today and say that chances are everyone in this room has done one thing. We've all done the exact same thing already this morning. You know what we've all done? We've all worried. We've all probably worried about something already this morning especially since y'all came to the second service. You've had more time to worry about something, right? You, you, you may not have caught it today. You, it may have just been a passing thought. may have just been a, a small little thought. You didn't spend much time on it, on it. In fact, you could even go throughout the room, and there's people that when it comes to worry and anxiety, we're all at different levels when it comes to this. But truth be told, probably 100% of us in the room already have worried about something. What's so ironic is I, got, I get up early and look over my notes and kind of get ready for Sundays, make sure I know what I'm talking about, and I found myself worrying about preaching a message on worry. <laughs> Man, I hope this goes good. Man, I hope I know what, where I'm headed. I'm like, am I? I'm worrying right now. Do you realize what you're doing, Keith? But this seems to be something that we all do, something that we, we all deal with. You know, if you're here for, for one of the first times, the first time, and, and you'll remember this even if it's not your first time. Remember the, the first time you dropped your kids off in children's church? You were worried, right? Some of y'all weren't even worried about your kid. You were worried about the volunteers. Like, gosh, I hope. I hope they don't know it's my kid, you know? He can be a, a, a crazy person. I'm just, I'll send my friend to pick him up with my tags, you know what I mean? Like, there's things that we worry about. Maybe you're worried about a financial situation, Maybe worried about a relationship. Here's one we all kind of worried about. We, we, we kind of worry about our future. For the college students in here, you're constantly thinking about your future. Maybe you're a little bit anxious about your future. It's, 
It's something that we all deal with. And isn't it, I find this extremely interesting. Have you noticed that you, you don't have to choose to have anxious thoughts? Did anybody wake up today and be like, you know what? Bring on the worry. Bring the worry. I, I want to I worry a little bit. Sounds, sounds, let me see if I still got it. You know what I mean? We, we, don't, we, don't, have to, we don't have to choose anxious thoughts. And can I just let you in on something? That the Bible does not tell you to control the, uh, the thoughts that come in. It tells you to take captive the thoughts that come in. Some of you, you let me explain that a little bit better. We can't really do anything about the thoughts that, that come in. But we are responsible to, to handle the ones that do get in. See, some of you beat yourself up so much about the thoughts that you have. Can I just tell you, you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You're not the thing that you are responsible for is, is taking captive the thoughts that don't belong. The thing you're responsible for is renewing your mind when you realize you're thinking about things that you shouldn't. But you don't have to beat yourself up for the fact that they're in there. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm still dealing with that thought. Well, are you taking it captive? Yeah. Are you renewing your mind? Yeah. You're doing everything God told you to do. See, worry, you don't have to, if, if, if worry was Goliath and we're David, we don't have to go pick a fight with worry. Why? Because worry's already on the battlefield. Worry's already got its sword out. It's already taking ground. It's already, it's, it's already fighting against you. You don't have to go out and aggravate worry. It's kind of there, isn't it? You know, I remember when I was in middle school, uh, seventh or eighth grade, uh, we went over to, I grew up in Lampasas, and um, I, we went over to Colleen Shoemaker to play a football game. And if you don't know anything about Colleen, Colleen's way bigger than Lampasas. And, I mean, they've got three or four 5A, 6A schools there now. Uh, it, 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 there's just a lot of good players. And we had never played someone like that. And I remember, I, rem I will never forget showing up to their field. And the only way I can describe that, their field in that game is it was completely hostile. When we, ste when we stepped out onto that field, it was like we went to war. I mean, they, the environment that they created in this place was nothing I'd ever been in. Um, they, they, they also, here's what they did. They took all of their fans and all of their parents and they put them behind us on our sideline. And they were not nice. They were not quiet. They were extremely intimidating. They were yelling, screaming, stomping on the bleachers, making noise. And I'll never, I'll never forget, there's one thing that, that the, the team did. Shoemaker, they would, every time they lined up for a kickoff, they would huddle up and the ball would be right here and they would turn to the ball and they would break it out. And as soon as they'd break out, all of them would run towards the ball and they'd go, ah! And then just look at you and just walk to their spots. <laughs> they were extremely intimidating. Needless to say, we got our butts kicked that game. Just straight handed to us. And you want to know why? They were ready for war and we weren't. 
Simple as that. They were ready for a battle. (laughs) And we didn't even know where we were. We had no idea what we were stepping into. We just weren't ready. I want to point out to you this morning that there's a worry war going on inside of most Christians. And if we don't have the wherewithal to recognize it, the capacity to handle it, or the tools to fight against it, worry and anxiety will advance and gain ground in our soul. In other words, if we don't show up ready, we'll get beat. When it comes to worry, if we don't know that it's a war, if we don't understand that it's already on the battlefield, if we don't recognize it and we don't have some wherewithal about us, some capacity, some tools to fight it, it is taking ground in your soul. Isn't that so encouraging today? (laughs) You feel encouraged yet? But here's a greater truth. If you do recognize it, if you do realize you have the capacity to fight it, if you realize you actually have the tools and the weapons to come against it, guess what? You win. You beat it. You overcome fear. You overcome anxiety. You overcome worry. Can I just say this today? We have given worry and anxiety way too much credit. We have made it way too big. Because the truth is, for those of us who realize who we are and realize what we have in God, anxiety and worry doesn't stand a flipping chance. It doesn't. It actually doesn't win over the believer who knows who they are. It actually doesn't trump the truth of God. It does not win over the, 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 the scripture and the Bible and what the promises of God. It doesn't win. Jesus said this, we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Does anybody want another refrigerator magnet scripture that I can, I can, I can share all of them? But do we believe it? Because those of us who believe it realize anxiety and worry and fear, it actually doesn't get to win in our life. It doesn't get to win. It doesn't get to beat us up. Truth is, it doesn't stand a chance with a believer who doesn't put up with it. And I'm already warned some of you, I'm going to get a little feisty today but I believe it's the, it's the spirit of the Lord. At least I hope so. <laughs> and, and I want to talk appropriately about worry and anxiety and fear. You see, <clears throat> we have to stop being so nice to anxious thoughts. Stop being so nice to anxious thoughts. We have to become violent with anxious thoughts. We have to become violent with fear. We have to become violent with worry. You know what what those anxious thoughts actually are? Here's how I want you to see them. They are intruders. They're robbers. And they are breaking into your house, and they didn't break in just to look around. They're breaking in to steal something. They're breaking in to break something to mess things up, to steal, to kill, to destroy. That is what these anxious thoughts are. 
And here is what, here's what Peter says about, your, about anxious thoughts. Verse se, uh, 5, verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Do you know what the word cast means? It means to throw. It says, throw your anxiety onto God. Throw your worry onto God because he cares about it. He cares about you. Throw it. Here's what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, take your little care, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and, and tiptoe into the throne room of God and gently place it down at Jesus' feet, hoping not to break it, and then tiptoe back out and say, Jesus, there's my cares. God bless your ministry. Amen. That's not, it says, throw them. Throw those suckers. Get them off of you. Get them out of your mind. Amen. Throw that anxiety, throw that fear, throw that stinking worry off of your life and onto God. And what, what, what am I trying to say? Throw that anxiety and say, God, I trust you. You win, you're on my side, you're good, you love me. You're going to take care of me, you're going to take care of my kids, you're going to take care of my finances, all the anxiety I am carrying, I throw on you. Can I just tell you, there's two options when it comes to your cares. You can either carry them or you can cast them. There's no other options. You're either carrying them or you can cast them. But well, this is not a nice thing. This is, this is not a pretty thing. I, I remember this is uh, two, two months ago, two to three months ago. One of the things that I deal with is just fear when it comes to my kids. And it's been off and on for years. And I'll just have the craziest thoughts about what might happen to them and all that. And I'm, I know many of you can relate. And finally one day I just decided... Uh, it was almost like the Spirit of God rose up on the inside of me. And I, and I told myself, anybody, anybody realize that as Christians, you're supposed to talk to yourself? It's actually not crazy. You're supposed to talk to yourself. In fact, you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. And I, told, I heard myself say to myself, you're not allowed to think that anymore. Stop thinking that. You're not allowed to. And I don't know what it was about that phrase, but it was like, I, I didn't know who to say yes, sir, to. I was like, am I saying yes, sir, to myself? You are not allowed to think that. Y yes, sir, to, to myself. <laughs> and ever since then, any thought that would come in about my kids that was fear-based, I, I would hear myself say, you're not allowed to think that. Amen. Quit. Hear me. And I wasn't nice about it. I wasn't nice about it. I was violent about it. In fact, just give me some time here to unpack what I'm about to say. There was also times when I say, hey, quit being such a wimp. Be a man. You don't get to think that, bud. Sorry about you. Stop. Can I just say this? Sometimes we are way too nice to ourselves. And we should love ourselves, and we should be kind to ourselves. Hear me. I, I'm not saying we don't do that. But if, if you're like me and you, you, you need to be challenged, then challenge yourself. 
and talk to yourself the way that you will respond. And if you like that coach talk, and, and I'll even say this, even if you don't like the coach talk, some of y'all need the coach talk. You need it. Because you need to tell yourself who you really are. And you need to talk to yourself the way that God sees you. And, uh, there, there's, this, there's been this movement in, in, uh, in the church, in the area of counseling and, um, and some different things. And, and I want to start off and say I believe 100% in it. I actually love it. I respect it. I believe it's a part of all of our journey. But we, we begin to realize in the church, um, <clears throat> at least to my knowledge, I feel like it's ramped up in the last five, 10 years. We begin to realize that, you know, people, they, they act the way they act for a reason. There's actually things that happen to people. Like, we actually go through some stuff. You actually can be a victim to some things. Some things that can happen to you that were not your fault a parent, a dad, a mom, there's father wounds, there's mother wounds, there's the past. We all make inner, there's, when we grow up, we all make inner vows. You know what an inner vow is? It's, it's um, we've all done the same one. I'll give you a, a light, easy example. Y'all, your parents did something to you and they, 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 uh, they disciplined you a certain way and you, here's the inner vow you made. I'll never do that to my kids. Anybody ever, ever done that one? I'll never treat them. I'll never do that to them. Except for the fact you realize when you get old, they were right. I was a knucklehead, and I'm for sure doing that to my kids. <clears throat> but we make these, these vows, and the, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the soul. And I want you to, to, to hear me today. I'm, I'm sensitive to that. I believe that is the case, and I believe that you should actually deal with that part. But what we have to realize is that we don't get to stay there. Guess what? You understanding why you are the way you are isn't freedom. It's a step in the direction of freedom. But it's not actual freedom. Someone coming alongside you and understanding why you are the way you are is not freedom. It's just understanding. And it is a process, and it actually, you have to go through that to get full freedom. But can I just say this? Someone who is riddled by fear and worry and anxiety, you know what they ultimately need? They don't need you to understand them. They need you to bring freedom to them. You know what they want more than anything else? They don't want it. They don't just want to be understood. They want to be free. They don't want to deal with that fear anymore. They don't want to deal with that, deal with that worry or that anxiety anymore. They actually want to overcome it. And hear me today, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking from this side of the coin saying, come on, it's time for you to step up. It's time for you to woman up, man up, stop feeling sorry for yourself and start to, to fight. Start to fight. Because you're bigger than you think you are. You're stronger than you think you are. You have more to offer than you think you are. There is more weapons in your little belt than you think that, that there are. You can win over this flipping thing. It doesn't have to defeat you. And we do not have to live in fear. And I'm going to say it again. We don't have to live in fear. 
You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in worry. You don't have to live as an anxious person. It is not, that is, that's not the way that you are. I don't care if your mom's that way. Well, mom's that way and I'm that way. That's just a lie the enemy wants. And can I, can I just say this? I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the enemy. Some of you are like, oh, you kind of feel like you're mad at me. I promise I'm not. I so passionately don't want you to stay there. I so passionately want you to be free. I'm going to give one more disclaimer. Just in case you're really offended right now. I'm not even going to put a time stamp on how long it takes you to deal with the things that have happened to you and to deal with this relating area and understanding and why I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I know that it's a year for everybody. It should be no longer than six months. That's not what I'm saying. But what I do want you to know is the truth. And the truth is there's an end to that. There is an end. You will overcome. You will rise above and you will be victorious. But guess what? It may just take someone coming alongside you and giving you the good old butt tap and saying, hey, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Let's go. Amen. Amen. Jesus, he, Jesus said this to his disciples in the boat. They're hanging out. He sends them on the way. They get caught in the storm. <clears throat> Guess what? His disciples, they were looking to be understood. They wanted to be understood so bad. And what do they do? They run over to Jesus and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to drown? And guess what Jesus is doing? His body posture says it all. He's taking a nap. Come on, Jesus, get, uh, relate to me, understand me. And in this instance, Jesus didn't go that route. You know what he did? It sounds like he got ticked. I picture him looking up, being like, bro, I was just in the dreaming state, and you woke me up. Like, oh, throw his pillow aside. He gets up, and he rebukes the wind and the waves. By the way, that meant that he cared. Scripture, I've been telling you, cast your cares upon him because he does care about you. I'm not saying he doesn't care. But what did he say to his disciples? He rebuked the storm and the waves. He took care of it. And then he turned to them and he said, man, I understand that waves and wind, they're scary, aren't they? He didn't say that. He turned to them and said, why are you afraid? And then says, where's your faith? Can we talk about that, Jesus, for just a little bit? Now, when you hear this Bible story growing up, most of the time, you hear, you hear these, this um, tone in Jesus' vo voice. Well, why are you afraid? Where's, where's your faith, bud? You got, you got faith, bud. You're, where, where was it, though? Where was it, though? <laughs> and I'm just going to throw out another perspective. What if he was angry? What if he spoke my love language called sarcasm? 
and he looked at his disciples and were like, why are you afraid? Do you have no faith? Been walking with you for this long and you still don't know you can rebuke that storm and rebuke those wind and those waves? Like, where was your faith? What if he was angry? You say, oh, God can't be angry. That's a sin. Actually, it's not. Because scripture says, be angry and sin not. Like, what if he had just a little bit of juice on it? What if he had just a little bit of edge about him? Some of y'all are like, you need to get off the juice, bro. You need to chill, <laughs> chill out. I'm not on steroids. That's what y'all just thought. I'm not, okay? I did not mean for it to go that direction. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 10, are y'all okay with this? We good. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 through 5, look at it. It says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. You know what that scripture just described? Worry. It just described anxious thoughts. Anxious thoughts, you know what they are? They're strongholds of human reasoning. And more than that, you know what they are? They are false arguments. I want you to think about the record of your anxious, fearful thoughts. Think about that record. Here's what I mean. How many times does a thought that you have come true? I'll tell you how many times mine have. None. My, my anxious thoughts are over. They're zero for a billion. They don't win. They never come true. You know what your anxious thoughts are? <laughs> they're a big old bully who can't back it up. That's what they are. They, they, get, they get real puffed up and act like they're real strong and they actually can't come through. They are a false argument. They're, they're a, a potential stronghold. And look at the verse that keeps going. It says, we destroy every obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Can I just point out a couple words in this, in this scripture? So it's kind of a little bit um, feisty. It's kind of a little bit battle, war language. Here's some words. Weapons. Knockdown. Destroy is used twice, and the word capture is used. That is the language behind our thought life and the way that God wants to handle our thoughts. This is what I believe it looks like to cast your cares upon him. This is one of the ways to cast our care upon the Lord because he cares about us. Now, I want to transition right here. You might be asking, why does this matter? What's the benefit? Why is this so important? And here's why. Because cares dominate your thinking. Anxiety and worry, guess what they do? Those things, they dominate our thinking. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. He said, don't worry about these things what we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear. Verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts. 
they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Jesus wasn't saying that only unbelievers deal with this. What he was saying is, as a believer, you don't have to. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything that you need. I want you to understand this about cares and anxiety and worry, worrisome thoughts. I love, I love how the Lord, he gave me this revelation. They dominate your thinking, which tells me this. They demand attention in your mind. They demand the most attention. So if you're worrying about something, if you're afraid about something, if you have an anxious thought about something, guess what? If there's any other thought that comes in, like maybe a God thought, Maybe God's wanting to tell you to pray for this person or he's trying to lead you in this way or he's trying to tell you something about you. If you have worry sitting there, guess what it does? It wins over that thought. It dominates that thought. It's the little Pac-Man that eats the little ghost. It eats it for breakfast. And some of you, God has been trying to tell you something. He's been trying to reveal a new plan for you. He's been trying to give you a business idea. He's been trying to tell you who you are in him, how powerful you are, what he's called you to do. But because you have so much worry on the inside, you're not hearing it. You're not recognizing it. And I don't mean that in any shame or condemnation. I'm just like, I just want you to know the truth. Your cares dominate your thinking. If your soul was this water bottle, <clears throat> it has, this water bottle has so much capacity. It can withstand so much and hold so much. I've only taken a couple of sips out of this this morning. It's pretty full. I want you to ask yourself, is this what your soul looks like when it comes to worry? Is this how much worry you're carrying around? Is this how much anxiety you carry around? Is this how much fear you carry around? Don't beat yourself up. This isn't about condemnation and shame. This is about just figuring out the truth. Is this what it looks like? Okay, then there's only that much for God to pour into. There's only that much room for new thoughts, new ideas. Some of you, some of you feel like you don't have any capacity like I, I, I feel like I have no capacity. I just can't handle anything that comes up. Probably one of the reasons, if not the whole reason, is because you're in fear and worry is eating up your capacity. Well, I, I don't have enough capacity to be the leader that he's made me to be. The truth is you actually do. You already have the capacity. It's just full of fear. Is this making sense? It's just full of anxiety because it, that, that's exactly what worry does. It just eats up your soul, your mind, your will. Man, I, can't, I just can't seem to get up and work out. I have no will. Well, maybe because you're using all of your will to fight off the anxiety. And this is a real thing. It's a real thing people deal with. 
And I hope I don't sound insensitive to your situation today. I love you. I love, I, I love the, the call that's on your life. This is why I want to bring this message. But I, I, want you to, I want you to come up out of it. And I believe this is one of the ways. What if God wants you to start your own business and he wants to give you this amazing idea and plan? What if he wants you to write a book? What if he wants you to start a podcast? What if he wants to, wants to help you be a better spouse or a better parent? What if he wants to talk to you about helping other people? What if he just wants to talk to you about you? He wants to bring you up. He wants to mature you. He wants to take you to another level. See what I want? I want to give God a blank canvas of my soul. Lord, I have a lot, I have a lot you can paint on because I've gotten most of the worry and anxiety out. Blank canvas. What do you, what do you want to do, God? Where do you want to go? How do you want to impact my city? How do you want to use me? Who do you have for me? What future is out there? Man, when you, you get rid of this crap, anxiety word, he has a full, just, man, he can just paint on it. Some of you haven't dreamed in a long time. Some of you haven't had hope for a long time. Some of you hadn't gotten passionate about something in a long time. So the Lord's just not talking to me. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe the canvas is full. Man, I feel for you. I want you free today. I want freedom for you today. Matthew 10, verse 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. So don't be afraid. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.